You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Praise the Lord. This is Charles Rodas, and I want to say welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, it's so good to be with you this uh, this evening, and at whatever time or day that you're listening to this podcast, I want to give you an encouraging word here, and uh, I want to talk to you about starting and maintaining a prayer life. Now, you may listen to this podcast right after it's published. Or you may listen to it six months later. Okay, but right in just a few days from now, just with less than a week, is going to be the new year for 2023. Okay, um, you know I'm not one to make um, resolutions. I, I've never done that, I guess. But yeah, I, I do have. Uh, I'm always trying to improve myself and improve spiritually and you know some some are against the resolution some are for it i don't really have an opinion on that but you know if you are looking to make a resolution or if you're listening to this in the month of march or july it doesn't make any difference when you might listen to this if you don't have a consistent prayer life that's what i want to talk to you about i want to help you start one Okay, because the most important thing that you could possibly own in your life, in my opinion, okay, the most important thing that you could possibly ever have is a consistent prayer life. Because a, a consistent prayer life means that you have a consistent communication going on with God. Now, what's more important than that? Now, you say, well, I think my marriage is more important, or my job's more important, or my financial success is, or my kids are more important. They are. They're, those are vitally important things, especially our family and our marriage and our children. Those are exceptionally important. And those are on the top of the list. But let me tell you, if you don't have a prayer life, what in the world is going to keep your relationship with your spouse like it needs to be. <clears throat> yeah, and I know it's a two-way street, and it's up to that individual as well. But you know what? If you both have a consistent prayer life, there's nothing that can shut you down. Listen, if you're the party, if you're that spouse that doesn't have a consistent prayer life, and you can say, boy, my wife has got a good prayer life, or my, my husband got a good prayer life. You know, they pray every day. They seek the Lord. You know, they're fasting, and, and you really don't then you you're the weak you are the weak the weak link in in the in the marriage you you're the you're the weak one in the marriage you are okay I, i'm sorry you but i i, I want to encourage you to be strong in the lord and the power of his might you can't do that in yourself you can only do that with god 
And prayer is the main key. It is the main weapon. It is the, whatever you want to call it, there's nothing like your prayer life and what a prayer life, a regular prayer life can do for you. See, a good prayer life will stop a person from sinning. That's right. You know, the Christian church world out there, the non-apostolic church world, much of them, many of them, most of them teach that you must sin every day or that you do sin every day and really that you can't keep from it. I totally disagree with that. I don't believe you have to sin every day. I don't believe you must sin every day. I don't believe we live a lifestyle of sin. He didn't save us uh, to, you know, in our sins. He saved us from our sins to deliver us that we don't have to live the old life anymore. You say, well, you might do something that you didn't know was wrong. Well, we might, but that's not really a sin in the sense of uh, the word sin. The word sin in the Greek, or maybe it goes back to the Hebrew, but it's it's in reference to an archer that has a bow and arrow. And he's going to take a shot at that at that bullseye, and he wants to hit it right there square in the middle. <clears throat> and when they used to do this many years ago, they would take that shot, and when they didn't hit the bullseye, the, the judge would stand and say, he sinned, or you sinned, because he missed the mark. And that's what sinning, sin is. It's when you miss the mark. It's when you're aiming for something. If you did something wrong and you didn't even know it, you weren't really aiming. It was an accident. It was... Sure, it doesn't make it right, doesn't make it okay, but it's still different. So my point is, you don't have to live in sin, and you can be an overcomer, and a prayer life will keep you from sinning every day, okay? Or, on the other side of the coin, your sin every day will keep you from a prayer life. So one is keeping you from the other, and so I want to encourage you to start and maintain a prayer life because you, if you don't have one now, I'm not saying you're not a good Christian, not saying you're not faithful, not saying any of those things at all, but you could be so much more for God. There is a dimension that you'll walk in after some time. You'll get there. You're not going to get there the first few days or the first week probably, but there is a dimension uh, that you'll walk in God, that you'll live above sin, when you have a proper prayer life, not just living above sin, but you're walking in the spirit and being readily usable by God. Now, boy, we have great prayer meetings in our church and uh, powerful prayer meetings. They're not, you know, with everybody sitting around humming and all quiet like a little mouse. No, our our church, when our church prays, there's a lot of intercession that goes on without, without exception. Every time, every time, no exceptions. It's powerful. <clears throat> but you know, if I depended on that, you know, to go there a couple of times a week and just do that. And then the rest of the days of the week, I just kind of did my own thing. I didn't really have a prayer life. That would still be very weak. Thank God for good, you know, good prayer meetings. Thank God for that. But there's, but you have an individual responsibility. That's right. Just like a, a husband and a wife, you have a, a responsibility to that spouse. So let's let's get into this, okay? I, 
uh, kind of been talking about it here, but let's really get into it more. You know, and like I said, your prayer life is the most important possession that you have. So let me ask you, what's more important? Could it be, um, what's more important in, in the church? A person that can preach great sermons, a pastor that can just pastor people, I'm just exclusively these individual things. Maybe it's a singer that can really touch the people when they sing. Uh, it's that guitar player that can really glorify God on that guitar. Maybe it's that praiser, that worshiper that is so consistent. Huh? What, 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 is, what is the most important office, the most important duty in the church? All those things are important. All those things are great. All those things are vital. But if those individuals don't have a prayer life that I just mentioned, or any other ministry, if they don't have a prayer life, all what they're doing, they're doing it in the flesh. What they do, there are pastors that pastor in the flesh. There are singers and musicians. And there are people that are reliable praisers and worshipers. And many of them do not have a prayer life at home. Okay, but you know what? Their praise and their worship is shallow. It's really shallow. That's right. It really is because they don't have a breakthrough. Because you cannot get a breakthrough if you're not a prayer, a praying person. Your prayer life, the person that has a prayer life in the church, is the most important ministry in the church. That's right. I I can debate anybody on that. <clears throat> That's right. I'd debate anybody on that. Uh, the prayer, the praying person, that praying person may be a pastor. He may be a singer. He may be a soul winner. He may be a lot of things. But the first ministry is a praying ministry. Everything else is secondary. Why? Because God moves by prayer. God answers prayer. And if a person's not submitted through prayer, he really is somewhat of a weak Christian. So when I was a young man, I remember uh, our pastor, um, I remember our pastor um, began to uh, talk to us about prayer and he began to ask us to, listen, we need to have a prayer life. And I was young. I was maybe 18 years old, give or take, and uh, didn't have the Holy Ghost very long. But he said, I want everyone to make it their business. And individually, I want us to have a goal to pray every day for at least 15 minutes. And that was the petition that he brought before the congregation, 15 minutes. And I remember I, I wasn't, I hadn't been praying 15 minutes a day. I never, I guess, really thought about it like that. I was a young man, hadn't had the Holy Ghost very long, like I said. And uh, I remember kneeling down, maybe the first time, second or third time, I don't remember. But I just remember kneeling there and thinking about this 15 minutes. And I, and I went through asking God for certain things and giving him my petition and praying. And by the time I was done, by the time I had finished, you know, looking at the clock, um, I might've been five minutes. <laughs> I might've been five minutes. I wasn't at 15. Uh, I, I was maybe five minutes. Uh, 
and I was like, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to say? How do you pray 15 minutes? Well, when you're starting, 15 minutes can be a long time, but many of you that are listening to me right now, you may be prayer warriors and you're praying an hour a day, maybe longer. That's wonderful. You absolutely keep that up and don't back down from that at all. But I'm right now, I'm just talking to people that are not praying consistent every day. You say, yeah, but I pray an hour a day, but I just don't do it every day. No, but I'm talking about consistency. Okay. But those days that you you do pray an hour every day, go ahead and keep doing that those days. Maybe it's two or three days a week, one or two days a week. But you know what? Why don't you find a way every day to pray at least 15 minutes? And I'm not saying stay at 15 minutes. That's not very long. Because when you really get into praying, 15 minutes is not going to be very long. I've already been talking to you over 12 minutes. Okay? Now, when you get to talking to God and you use all the channels, all the methods of praying that he gave us that we could use to pray, it really makes it a whole lot easier. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that when I was kneeling there as a young man by the side of my bed. I didn't know about all these things. Okay, but I'm going to share them with you tonight because I want you to know. I want you to know what you can do in prayer. God loves consistency, and prayer should be a relationship. It's like a good marriage, that husband and wife that communicates. They talk about everything. They talk about where they're going. They talk about the day. They talked about how their work day was. They're talking about where, what they're going to have for dinner or if they're going to go out for dinner. And they talk about where, you know, things they need to buy. And they, they talk about their money. They talk about their bank accounts. They talk about travel. They talk about vacation. They talk about this. They talk about that. They talk about everything. And that's how it should be with the Lord. We should be talking to him about everything. So let's make this really easy, okay? Let's make this really easy here about prayer. Let's first of all, first of all talk about physical position. Now, physical position in prayer, <clears throat> pardon me, is really not that important. Um, really, what's most important in prayer about position is the position of your mind, your heart, you know, wh what you're thinking about. It's so easy to be praying and asking God and even speaking in tongues and your mind stray. Oh, sure. I'm as human as you are. And to be honest, you know, I've caught myself praying and speaking in tongues, making petition and found that my mind was thinking about the job or thinking about family or thinking about something I had to do. What I had to do, I had to, then I had to gird up the loins of my mind. I had to bring my thoughts in. And don't tell me you're not human. Okay, you're as human as I am. And you get to praying, you know, you get, you, let's say you pray an hour. That's going to happen to you sometime. That's why you have to gird up the loins of your mind. All right. So God loves consistency. Like I said, it's a relationship. And physical position is not as important as the position of your mind and your thoughts. Praise God. So now occasionally I will kneel in prayer, but not very often because it's very uncomfortable to me. Um, some people may be very comfortable. Uh, I know that when I was younger, it was a more comfortable position. My body was more flexible. <laughs> now that I'm a little older, I just don't, uh, 
I'm not as flexible as I used to be physically. And so, yeah, yeah, when I was a young man, it was different. And if you're a little older, you know that, that that does catch up with us. And so we want to be, we don't want to be in a painful position because then we're thinking about the pain and enduring the pain on our knees and our legs or whatever. Now it's good to kneel. We should kneel sometime, I believe. It's important to kneel sometime, especially in a, in a time of humility before the Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but you know, you might be more comfortable sitting. Sometimes I'll sit on the floor and um, I'll be praying in that fashion. And sometimes that's comfortable for me. Sometimes I'll walk and I'll pray. A lot of times I'll just stand and pray. But even standing for a long period of time can be difficult with someone that has maybe leg or lower back issues. So you have to imp improvise. You have to make yourself comfortable. But because again, it's, we're, you know, God's not impressed necessarily by the physical position. Unless you really need to humble yourself, that may be part of what you need to do if you have failed the Lord and you need to really lay before the Lord in repentance. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about your daily prayer time. All right. So if it's sitting, maybe it's walking back and forth in your room, your hands are lifted sometimes, whatever, um, or whatever it might be. Okay. Uh, and you find that position and don't let that concern you because it really is not that important. If you are seeking the Lord, that is what is most important. Now, my mother, my late mother, she's, you know, she's way up in age. She would tell me how she would lay in the bed and pray for one to two hours. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, but that was comfortable for her. Me? No. But I, my head hits that pillow. Uh, I'm starting to doze off, you know. So it's 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 different with me. Now, maybe you're like that. Maybe you could lay in the bed and pray. So she was different, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So praise the Lord. So, you know, prayer can be very exciting, and, and we need to make it a habit. Prayer be, needs to be a, a good habit. There are bad habits, and there are good habits. But prayer needs to be a habit. So yes, prayer can be exciting. And I'm going to talk to you here in just a minute about that. And, and when prayer becomes exciting, um, then you look forward to going to pray, prayer because now you know that something powerful may take place. There, there's a possibility of visions, of a, a prophetic word, uh, revelation, from God, a great blessing, uh, maybe a maybe uh, intercessory prayer. All kinds of things can happen when a person digs deep in prayer. And yeah, that's when it really gets fun. So I want to take you to a really a simple place in prayer that maybe you're struggling. And maybe you're not, but let's just say you're, you're not. Do this. There are plenty of people out there that are struggling in prayer. And I'm not here criticizing. I'm teaching to help. Amen. Because I want to encourage someone here today and take you from point A to point B to C to D and so on in your prayer life. But if you'll share this, 
and you could tag somebody in this, share it on your social media platform, uh, text it to someone that maybe is newer in the Lord. That's right. You could text this to someone that is newer in the Lord, send it to someone that is newer in the Lord, a new convert, or someone maybe that could be struggling. All right. And so I want to encourage them. Making your prayer life exciting. So we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Before that, I'm going to take a short break. And here's a word, a commercial for you. If you would take take a listen here real quick, I'll be right back. I want to make sure that you knew about my book called The Urgent Need of the Hour. The subtitle is Revival Praying. Hi, this is Charles Rodas. If your prayer life needs reviving or you want to learn how to pray intercessory prayer and break through with great answers to prayer, I do encourage you to get this book. Now, I do want to read you a few testimonies. Now, a lady by the name of T. Bright writes, After reading this, I have a better understanding and drive to pray. And Christy W. writes, The chapter, Through the Veil, will make you put this book down and pray immediately. Great points of help all throughout this book. Brandon C. says, This is an absolutely incredible resource that will light a fire under you. One more, Shelley says, Other than the Bible, of course, this is one of the most important books I've ever read. Such wisdom and knowledge. Now, you can get The Urgent Need of the Hour on Amazon, or you can get it on my website at charlesarotis.com. Well, I hope you take a look at it. God bless. Well, praise the Lord. This is Brother Rodas again. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Timothy 2 and 1. Very important verse on the subject of prayer. Now, I want to say this to you. If you're a minister of the gospel, you're a preacher, and you don't have a daily prayer life, you are really coasting. You're coasting on your gift. You're coasting on your calling. And God wants more of you than that. And I know our busyness keeps us from prayer. But see, it's my responsibility to pray even though I'm busy. And it's your responsibility to pray and make prayer a priority. Prayer should not be in my life. No, prayer needs to be my life. Prayer needs to be your life. Prayer needs, everything in your life needs to rotate around your prayer life. That's how important your prayer life should be. And once you get your prayer life going, if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, or even more per day, you then have to protect that prayer life like it's your baby. That's right. You have to protect that prayer life because the devil wants to steal that prayer life. Time wants to steal it. Life wants to steal it. Your job wants to steal it. Busyness wants to steal it. Working for the Lord wants to steal your prayer life. Anything that can get in the way of you praying will seem legitimate at the moment. But all it does, it causes you to slow up a little bit where you could be 
in the Lord. So, you know, we don't want to we don't want to slow up. We don't want to stop progressing. Okay. Now you, you know, uh, I, I've been preaching this gospel, oh my, since 1985. So I think I have a right to say this. Okay. I think I do. And I, I'm not at all a preacher's preacher or nothing like that. But let me say to the young men, let me say to the young men preaching and anyone else that has an open heart and an open mind to grow. If there's anything going to keep you in a good place with God is your prayer life. Not how good you preach. It doesn't matter how good your sermons are. It doesn't matter how the chill bumps are. It doesn't matter how they brag on you uh, and tell you how, what a wonderful sermon. That's all good. And we appreciate all that. But let me tell you something. What's going to be powerful and keep you powerful with God is a prayer life. Listen, you may receive the gifts of the Spirit, and you could operate in those gifts. But if you want to stay right with God, you've got to have a prayer life. Those gifts won't keep you right with God. Sure, you can operate in those gifts, but at the same time, as Verbal Means said, don't let your gift deceive you. That's why you've got to make sure you're right with God. That's right. Like Billy Cole once said, the late Billy Cole, he talked about a man. He was talking to a man that he prophesied to him that God was going to use him in a certain gift. That's right. And how God was going to mightily use him. He said, you're never going to have to pray that God will use you in that gift anymore. He said, but what you're going to have to do now is that you're going to have to pray for yourself, that God will save your soul, that you're not get lifted up with pride and arrogance. And that's so very true, my friend. Prayer, you've got to humble yourself before the Lord with prayer. So anyway, let's, re let's read 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting just at verse 1 here. Verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So the Apostle Paul, this great apostle, is talking to this young pastor named Timothy. Okay, Paul is exhorting, talked about four different types of prayers. One of them was called supplications. The next one was called prayers. The third one was called intercessions. And the fourth one was called giving of thanks. Isn't it strange that one of the prayers was called prayers? <laughs> well, it was. Let me tell you and let me explain why. Okay, let's just start with that one. See, there is a, a, a channel. There is a a dimension in prayer, a place in prayer where you're just talking to God. You're not really excited. You're not speaking in tongues. You're not interceding. You're just talking to God like I'm talking to you on this podcast. And you're just, you know, you, you're making your request. You're just reasoning with God because you're his friend. You're his bride. You know, you are in, in covenant with him and you're just talking to the Lord. You're not upset. You're not crying. You know, like I said, you're not interceding. There's no certain vibes. You may not feel anything at all, but you're just talking to God. You know what channel that is? That's a that's a real channel. And you shouldn't be discouraged when you're praying like that sometimes and you don't feel God and you don't feel anything because there's going to be times when you don't and you're just talking to God. You're not hearing God. You're not feeling God. Nothing. You feel nothing. That is the channel of prayers. 
you're you're making your prayers known before the throne of God. That's you talking to God of your own free will. He loves that. And sometimes you have to do that by faith because you're not feeling anything. So that is the channel of prayer. Even though all four of these, like I mentioned, are channels of prayer, this one here is the most common prayer. You may do it when you're driving your car, when you're walking through the office at work or through wherever you work or outside mowing the grass, washing the dishes, whatever you, you're just talking to the Lord. You're praying, you're talking to God. That is a channel of prayer. Amen. Let's go back to the first one in this verse, supplications, supplications. Supplications is really like prayer, but the main difference is supplications is doing the same thing as prayer is, but it, it's a very intense prayer. Uh, there is a lot of emotion in supplications, <clears throat> much emotion. Uh, there is a strong, strong energy, a feeling of prayer. Uh, I remember as a young man, I might have been about 21, 22 years old, somewhere in that age frame. I remember there was a brother in our church, and he was so depressed. And he didn't tell me that, but I could see him. He hung his head all the time. He was a very nice brother, and I felt so sorry for him. I didn't know what he was going through. I didn't know nothing at all what he was going through. Uh, but he seemed so. He, when you talk to him, and we would talk there after church or before church, you know, and he was friendly, but he could hardly look up and just look at you in the eye. He just, he just had something about him. He was just, you know, I just got a burden for him one day at home. I don't know. It might have been a Saturday. It might have been. He probably was a Saturday or something. I don't know, because I was there during the day. And I got just such a burden for that brother. And I began to pray with him. You know, but I wasn't really praying as in the channel of prayer. I, I found myself, and I didn't at the time even know what it was. You don't have to know it to be used in it, but, you have, but you'll need to yield to it. But later I learned really what happened to me. But I was in the prayer of supplication. May have been one of the first times, one of the first times, it's, a, it's very clear in my mind. I remember it so well. Uh, but I prayed with such intensity for my brother. I prayed with such a burden for him. And I, don't, I wasn't in intercessory prayer, like speaking in tongues. I probably spoke in tongues because I've been very yielded to that. But, but for the most part, I felt such an urgent feeling for him that God give him the victory. Lord, whatever is, you know, if, if he's bound by something, if he's depressed, and I just felt so concerned for him, and, and you know, I, I just prayed through that. You know, that's supplications, and you could probably name times that you have done the same things, and you're able to differentiate that type of praying from just the normal talking to God because of the intensity and sometimes there's tears with that. And sometimes there's the raising of the voice. And sometimes there's maybe on the floor, just, you know, like someone said, make war on the floor. Praise God. And that's what you've got to do. And that's what I was doing. He didn't even know it. And I never even told him. But I was making war on the floor for my brother. And no doubt you have done that. But I remember it wasn't too long after that. 
it was within a seem like if i remember correctly it's a long time ago but if i remember correctly it was just that within a couple weeks there was an evangelist that came by that had never preached at our church and he was mildly used in the gifts of the spirit i mean it wasn't he wasn't faking nothing he could call you out and read your mail and tell you where you've been and where you're going and boy he called he called this brother out <laughs> and he read his he read his mail and he prophesied to him and he just just really helped him and blessed him oh thank you jesus and that brother's head <laughs> i think about it i'm so encouraged today but that was so many years ago but uh, his head just went up and he, he he just talked with a new pep and a new vigor and he was encouraged after that church service you know and i i have i just i just have to believe that that my prayer had something to do with that and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with you feeling that way because you've got to know that sometimes because you have to have that encouragement that your prayers work too not just everybody else's but your prayer works too and your prayer counts too and your prayer changes things your prayer changes people your prayer changes the church it blesses the pastor it blesses the music and the singers it blesses your children grandchildren your spouse your co-workers your prayer is very powerful okay so so we've already covered supplications we've covered prayers Let's talk about <clears throat> what Paul talked about is intercessions. We could talk, we could call it intercessory prayer. And you may be very familiar with that. And I deal with that very strong in my book, The Urgent Need of the Hour. That's the title of my book, one of them, The Urgent Need of the Hour. Um, yeah, and so it's, you know, the subtitle is Revival Praying. <clears throat> Yes, revival praying is the urgent need of the hour, and in the at the end of the book, I deal very heavy and very strong teaching on the subject of intercessory prayer. And so here, but let's touch on it here in this podcast because it's vital. So intercessory prayer is, I believe, uh, the the deepest prayer that it can be prayed. It is the most powerful prayer that can be prayed um intercessory prayer is likened unto an individual in old bible times in the days of the king when people would walk in and he would be allowed to come and approach the king and the king would hold out his royal scepter it's kind of like what intercessory prayer is when you are going into this deep place of intercessory intercessory prayer the royal scepter of the king of kings has been held out to you and now you are in a deep place of prayer you have been speaking in tongues but now you have even gone past speaking in tongues and you are now in romans chapter 8 verses 26 27 i'm not going to read that but you can read that Romans 28, 26-27, and it talks about praying with groanings which cannot be uttered. It cannot be interpreted. It cannot be put into an English uh, di- a dialect that you can understand because it is, it, is a, it is a prayer between you and God that the Holy Ghost has moved upon you. Actually, the Holy Ghost is praying through you when you are praying with intercessory prayer so what am i talking about i'm talking about 
making prayer exciting, you know? Yeah, because when you start doing these things, see, you start doing this and you, you start this type of a prayer life where every day you're not just like I did as a, you know, young, young teenage, late teenage, teenager, 17, 18 years old, kneeling there and running out of things to say in five minutes. It was boring. I didn't know what to say, but I didn't know about this. I didn't know that I could go here. I didn't know that I could go to supplications. I didn't know that maybe I could just get up and walk and talk to God like he's my friend, like he's my best friend. And, And they really didn't understand that. I didn't understand intercessory prayer. And the more you understand these things, and prayer gets exciting because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know where the Holy Ghost is going to call you to go. Is he going to call you to intercession? Is he going to hold out the royal scepter for you to go to this deep place? Is he going to call upon you to go to supplications? Huh? You're not sure. You're not sure. See, this is why prayer can get exciting because next thing you know, powerful things are happening. Oh, now you might limit yourself to 15 minutes, but you'll need to learn to go longer than that. Pardon me there. My throat's getting a little dry, but um, you'll need to learn to go longer than 15 minutes a day. In time, you'll need want to add to that. And it won't take long because it, if you're going to start utilizing these four channels in prayer, you're going to find that uh, it's going to take time because you can't rush God. <clears throat> you just you just can't rush God. And when you try to rush God, you're going to you, you, you're going to limit your your sensitivity in the spirit. See, the longer you really spend in quality prayer. See, well, it's not about time. Well, it is partially about time because you build a relationship with time. Somebody once said that if you want to get to know somebody, take a road trip with them. Huh? You know why? Because on a road trip for hours and hours and hours, somebody's opening up. That's right. And the one doing most of the talking, they're talking about everything in their life. Right. That's how you get to know him. And when you take, quote unquote, can I say a road trip or a spiritual trip with the Lord and every day you are just pouring out of your soul and you're confessing, you're confessing your sins, you're confessing your mistakes and your failures, the things you said, the the thoughts you had, the, the jealousy, the anger, the resentment, all the things. And you're getting all this stuff out of you through prayer. Next thing you know, God is replacing all of that with good things. He's replacing that with gifts and blessings and the fruit of the spirit oh and it gets it gets so exciting so powerful to have these sessions sessions with god i have prayed prayers that were so serious so serious that i had been praying i remember just a few years ago a couple years ago um praying about a certain thing I needed to be contacted by a person. I was praying that my wife would be contacted by a person. And we had not had contact, but it was a very serious situation. And we did not feel at liberty to reach out to them and, and, you know, to pester them or to, but we wanted them to call us. And I had a strong, strong prayer time about that one day. Uh, supplications and intercessory prayer was just exceedingly, exceedingly strong, uh, exceptionally strong in prayer that day. My burden was so strong to hear from God 
that we would hear from this individual. And my petition was that my wife would hear from her. And I walked out of that and my wife was there. My wife was at home. I'm telling you, it was about five minutes after I got done praying. My wife received a text from the same individual. And within a few minutes, they were talking on the phone. I'm telling you, we hadn't heard from that person. I don't know. Six months or longer. And this is the power of prayer that you can give and you can cause God to so pressure an individual until they act. God will not make them, but he can make them miserable. <laughs> he can and will make them miserable at times. All right. So let's move on. I think we've covered enough of that. Let me get another drink here. I apologize. I've been battling a cold here of late. Let's talk about that fourth one, the giving of thanks. Oh, the giving of thanks is so vital, so important. The giving of thanks. You know, there's, there's times that you, you can't get no tears going. You can't get no supplications going. You can't get no intercessory prayer going. It's like all you want to do is reach for that doorknob, open that door, and walk out and go about your day. Because you just can't get a hold of God. You just can't find God. It seems like, where is, what's going on? I can't, my prayers are just bouncing off the walls here and coming back down, hitting me in the head. <laughs> well, you know, you might feel that way, but they're not. But what you have to do in these times, you have to cut out into this fourth one called giving of thanks. There's been times that I didn't even try to go into any type of praying because I decided when I entered that prayer, I had petitioned God so many times and so much as of late. I had said, okay, God, today I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm just going to thank you. I'm going to thank you in advance. I'm going to thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. And for the next while. If that would be 30 minutes or an hour, whatever that might have been, I would just go into, how can you do that? Well, why can't you? Why can't you? I mean, we praise God for 30 minutes at church and worship God in our worship services. Why can't you do it in your room by yourself? Sure you can. You love the Lord. I tell you what, you get to doing that and the power of God sometimes just comes down. Because now it's not about what you can get, get, get. You are now given to the Lord. You are the subordinate. You are the receiver here, but today the receiver is giving. You're giving back in praise. You're giving back in worship, and this so moves God. He is an emotional. He is an emotional God that can be touched. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He's touched by our temptations. He's touched by the the death of our loved ones and family members when you lose a job and you're discouraged. He's moved by all of these things just like you are. And that's why you can use all of these channels to bring your concerns and your problems and your prayers to God. But sometimes you need to give him thanks. Stop your asking and start praising. See, that's what prayer is all about. It's all, it's about, it's about, you know, what you can get, but praising and worshiping and giving of thanks is about giving back to God. That's right. God can answer your prayers while, while you're, while you're asked, while you're just giving him thanks. You've spent days and days and weeks and months asking. That's right. 
Go into praising God. Say, God, I, I, you know, I, you haven't physically done this, but I'm believing this. I'm claiming this to be done. I'm claiming this, and I just, I'm not asking you. I'm just thanking you right now. I'm just thanking you that you've done it in the spirit, in the invisible, that you've done it by faith. I'm claiming it, and I'm just thanking you for it right now. I just give you praise and glory for it, Jesus. And you go on talking to him like that. Oh, I'm telling you what, you're going to get the attention of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The God of glory is going to step over that bow and he's going to lean over and he's going to peer over and he's going to look and say, angels, he's going to say, angels, what, have you heard? Have you heard uh, that prayer going on? Have you heard that praise going on? They're not asking me today for anything. They just decided to praise and worship me. You're going to get the attention of the almighty God. Oh, yes, you are. That's right. See, like I said, you're not always going to feel something. So don't count on that. Don't pray based on your feelings. But you've got to walk by faith and not by your sight, not by your senses, not by your five senses. But you've got to walk by faith. See, prayer is spiritual warfare. We talk a long time about that. I'm not going to, but I just want to mention that just to trigger your memory to that fact, because you probably know that. Sometimes it is a fight in prayer, and you've got to fight for it, and you've got to fight for getting your results, all right? So let's let's read here, uh, James here. We're going to end it here. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. That's right. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. You've been by the big lake. By me, I live by Lake Michigan. I'm in northwest Indiana. Okay, large. You've heard of Lake Michigan, possibly. Very large. From our vantage point, it looks like the ocean. Or maybe you've been to the ocean. You've been to a large body of water on a windy day, and you see these waves up and down and back and forth. And that's how your faith can be, but you're not going to get anything like that. You're just not going to get anything like that. That's right. It, the scripture says it there in James 1. If you keep reading, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. But we've got to have a stable faith confessing the word of the Lord, confessing what God said. It's saying what God said, repeating what the word says. Don't repeat what the doctor says and believing what the doctor says and believing all the negative reports. And, you know, but believe the report of the Lord. Set your faith. That's right. And pray your faith. Okay, and if you're having a hard time, open up the Psalms and pray the Psalms or pray another passage of Scripture. But pray in faith, believing. That's right, that God has heard you and that he is answering now. He's answering even now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Well, thank you for listening to Everything Apostolic. I so appreciate you. Please give us a five-star rating if you haven't and uh, ring the bell for the next broadcast, uh, our next podcast, uh, so that you'll be notified when that happens. All right. Well, blessings to you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www 
www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.